you ever just forget how good a Lafoig? I thought I thought that, the sentence ending is, do you ever just forget? And I was like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just took the first, you know, that first sip after not having it for a long mm-hmm. time of Lafoig whiskey. Scotch. It's a Scotch. It's an Irish. No, it's a Scotch. No, it's an Isla. Yeah. So it would be Scottish. It's an Isla yeah. Scotch. And I just forget the campfire. You're like, I am it's drinking intense. a campfire. So good. Eat your heart out, Devin. <laughs> Sipping Lafroig. Yes, and he's such a huge fan, so I feel bad. It's because well, of him almost. that I found out about it. Is The first episode that I listened to you mm-hmm. guys was Devin's Deconstruction episode, which was mm-hmm. one of your first episodes, and I believe you guys were drinking Lafroig for that. Yeah, that was, it, well, it's a momentous occasion, really, mm-hmm. diving into that. Mm-hmm. He came to tears, but uh, I'm a hard ass, so I, I, I like... Yeah. <laughs> I suppress feelings. It's really bad. What? I should. A guy that suppresses feelings? Unheard of. <laughs> Unheard of in this day and age. Do you know what I really appreciate about you? Uh, you have a similar <laughs> disposition in some areas <laughs> with me. It's like, what? That never happens. The sarcasm runs deep, deep in my family. I guess I should do a proper intro. Welcome to the Blue Collar Philosophers Podcast. You should know you're listening to that by the intro alone uh, and my voice. My name is Biker Mike. That is Vanilla Will Smith, not to be confused with uh, the other one. The other one. <laughs> the other Will Smith. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. He's not vanilla like me. Yeah, exactly. I just don't want anyone, you know, saying, oh, it's false advertising. It's like, no, we're, we're pretty upfront. <laughs> you hear it. I'm not him. <laughs> it's not difficult. No. I, I think it's, I would love to have a sit down with him. He'd be an interesting cat. As much as I disagree with how he handled himself, mm-hmm. I'm like, before that, up until that moment, he's a guy I really, like, I really admired Yeah. for a long time. And I'm like, oh, dude, come on. No, not like that. Not like that, because he's such—he was such an icon. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I, I, I was sitting and chatting with uh, Travis and Justin last week, and they are on the opposite side of me. Where I'm like, no, you never hit the uh, jester. He, the king, should More never hit the jester. He is the the check to the keep keep everyone in mm-hmm. check. You like, you know what a <laughs> joke you are. Yeah, and like I, I think it was I think it was Chris Rock, like mm-hmm. months after the fact, that was talking about how. If he was also built like Will Smith, Will Smith wouldn't have come up and slapped him. No. It's because Chris Rock is like a five foot nine little scrawny dude yeah. who doesn't fight yeah. that Will Smith felt comfortable walking on stage and, and swatting him. Yeah, and and that and and the other guys were like, "Oh, talk shit, get hit," and I'm like, "Okay, to a certain nah. degree." <laughs> these are brawlers, man. Like these, these, these yeah, but like, uh, but at the same time, I disagree. <sighs> I vehemently disagree. I'm like, no, you should be able to say that kind of stuff in that kind of environment. Everyone. You, they, they were accused of being pedophiles last year or the year before by Ricky Gervais. <sighs> like he 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 ripped them a new one all over the place. No one no one went and hit him. Mm-hmm. This is Ricky Gervais might hit back. <laughs> yeah, he would. Yeah, I mean he's not a particularly scary looking dude, but mm-hmm. he would probably hit back. That's just the kind of guy he probably he, he, I think he would be. Yeah. Yeah. I just I don't think it should have happened the way that it did. I I agree wholeheartedly with that. Like that's the kind of thing where it's like. You go afterwards and you have a stern wording or better yet in, a, in the United States of America, sue him into the dirt. Oh, yeah. For slander. Like that yeah. would be a way better way of doing it. Oh, yeah. It was. It's the it American was way. It was publicity to walk yeah. up and slap Chris Rock. With and that being said, the, the, they, their ratings are shit now. I didn't oh, even yeah. know they were on. <laughs> I mean, the ratings were, were have been dropping steadily for years now and it's only getting worse. Yeah. Which I appreciate. Yeah. it's It's one of the... One of the benefits to the direction I think that society is going, there's not always a lot of them, but one of the benefits is that old institutions like that, that are really, 
really decadent and yeah. and full of themselves are falling to the wayside. It's self-aggrandizing. Yeah. Just, like just the, the newer generation just has no time for it. They don't care. It's just a giant circle jerk and we're yeah. all tired of it. Yeah, exactly. The newer generation is like, nah, we've got way better things to, to give a crap or better at least in our eyes to give a crap about. You yep. know, we care more about T-Swizzle and her heiress tour. And yeah, the Oscars are just falling to the wayside and I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that that whole genre the, of celebrity dying and The thing out. is the, the movies that they're promoting are not... They're not great. I'm sorry, but they 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 call them Oscar. It's like, oh, we want to make a movie that's going to win an Oscar. Okay, we have to include a lesbian, a bisexual, a trans. Uh, like they have to include all these things, oh. and then have no storyline to back it up. See, it's funny you say that because on on the progressive side of things, we look at it as um, it's milk toast. It's ticking boxes. Yeah, they're not actually pushing any kind of progressive no. agenda. They're just ticking boxes to try and you know meet a quota for a. Relatability with a demographic, yeah. and so it feels very vacuous and hollow. And yeah. so we look at it, and we're just like, "You're not doing enough." Like, not that you like need to tick more boxes. You just need to stop ticking boxes and start doing something of substance. Of substance, exactly. Yeah, like actually having a great storyline, exactly. And, and just... you can have great storylines about lesbians, trans people, all these different things. I mean, look at the what was it? Um, the Danish girl. Yeah, that was an interesting movie centered around a controversial topic and it was worthy of praise, not because, ooh, it has a trans person. It just happens to have a trans person at the center of its story. Yeah. So that was a way better, way better. Um, at least it's far more appealing. Like it actually has something to it where you're like, okay, I can yeah. agree, disagree, whatever. You don't feel like you're fighting uh, a system when you're watching it. You're just yes. watching a story and you can disagree with how mm -hmm. it was written. Yeah, you're not being, you, you don't feel like you're being spoon fed an agenda. Mm -hmm. You feel like you're enjoying a movie. Mm -hmm. You're, you're enjoying really good content as opposed yeah. to having ideals and ideologies shoveled down your throat. Yeah. That's, that's one of the reasons I love having you on is because when we have a discussion, I'm not arguing with an idea. I'm, I'm talking to a person mm -hmm. and like some so. people when they, when they have conversations, you're not, you're not talking to them. You're talking mm -hmm. to what they perceive they need to be seen as, and it's like, oh, MAGA, motherfucker, or I don't know, just they get this, mm -hmm. this is what I'm about, this is my line, and I'm like, no, I'm very open to discussions. I mm -hmm. want to have these disagree and not be sucked into my own echo chamber, and yeah, I, I don't like circle jerks. It's not my thing. Yeah, circle jerks and echo chambers are something that I, I put a lot of, it has to be an active choice to avoid them. You can't just like, oh, no, I don't focus too much on one side or the other. It, it doesn't work that way. The way yeah. the internet works now which is where we consume the majority of our content, unless you're over the age of like 50. Yeah. It doesn't work that way. You have to go out, you have to forcibly push out of your bubble, out of your echo chamber. Otherwise it, it will never, you'll never like organically leave it. Yeah. It, it might organically like the, oh, there's a, there's a word, there's like a, a term for it. It's where it's like everything is within a certain window and the window shifts. I can't remember what the, it's a sociological term, but the window shifts and the window mm -hmm. can shift naturally. Mm -hmm. But you'll never be the one shifting it. It'll yep. be shifting of its own accord. And so I, I have Well, to, it's an incremental change, right? That's yeah. how rights, that's how uh, movements really happen. Everyone thinks that, oh, overnight we got gay marriage. It's like, no, mm -hmm. it was incremental change. It mm -hmm. went from what... It, and there is the um, what, slippery slope foul. I don't even call it a fast... It's a, it's a hard and fast truth at this point, the slippery slope thing that's happening <laughs> in our society. I think the fallacy comes into play when you base... 
based decisions, especially in regards to policy on what could happen, mm -hmm. not what's actually going to happen. It's really easy to hypothesize um, what could happen. My dad is, no offense, you know, love you, dad. Really terrible for like, what ifing. Well, what if, what if it goes this step further? What if it goes this step further? And it's like, we'll address that step when and if we get there, but we're yeah. not there. So don't act like, don't base policy today on what might happen years down the road. I mean, yeah. obviously be forward thinking, but I don't like, but I don't thing, like holding ourselves back. Well, one of the biggest problems I saw with a lot of the progressive movement is the, we're not coming for your kids. And now you have entire choirs singing Kong songs like the, uh, what was it? San Francisco gay choir or something like that, mm -hmm. singing songs about we're coming for your children. Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, what happened to we're not coming for your kids? That's a good question. And it's I, like, this, this is the, this is what they were worried about. And now it's coming to fruition. It's actually happening. They're saying it, the quiet part out loud. Everything that, that the conservatives were worried about, they're literally singing it. I mean, I know, I, I know I, it's a minority that gets a lot of attention, but yeah. the minority gets attention. That's why everyone hates MAGA. That's yeah. And I, I think the idea, the idea of trying to, uh, impress these ideas on young, like on impressionable children isn't, I don't think it's necessarily how to word this. Impressioning children is inevitable regardless of what, mm -hmm. what they're being fed. I mean, there's obviously more overt ways of doing it, but I mean, inevitably kids are going to monkey see, monkey do mm -hmm. a, a certain percentage of everything they interact with during the day. From my point of view as a progressive, I want them to see a broader variety of topics. I don't want them to exclusively see progressive topics because then we're putting them into a bubble and I don't like bubbling don't like anyone. That, yeah, yeah. But I definitely want them to hear about them and have them be normalized. Not necessarily, I don't want to, it's, it's a weird line to walk and it's so difficult because some people do cross it. Crossing the line between awareness and indoctrination. Mm -hmm. I don't want to necessarily incentivize children to change the way they think. I just want to open their eyes to other ways of thinking. And then as they grow up, they can decide which they, way they want to go. The thing is, I, I, I disagree to a certain, to a certain degree because I don't think the children need to be introduced into things like that at all because I mean, no, not but for the reason of i don't need my kid being confused about identity when children already do that when your brain is developing between the ages of i think it was 15 and 25 your brain is not at all close to developed oh yeah and then you're gonna throw confusion and sexual identity on top of that I mean, and you're like oh you don't feel normal well no one does no one's no one's comfortable in their own I mean, skin until they're like the 25 problem 26. is they're gonna run into it inevitably Outside of education, I would, yeah. I would rather them have at least the most basic primer on that sort of thing inside of a more controlled environment rather than throwing them to the wolves but that's what that, But that's what the conservatives feel like they're doing is they're being thrown before wolves because these teachers, these social justice warriors, they, they say, oh, I have the best intention for these children. It's like, you don't fucking know these kids. These are not your kids. I know them. My my kid today, do you know what she was doing? Hmm. My four-year-old, beautiful little girl. She was like, I'm a dog. Yeah. And she was playing. She mm -hmm. was having fun. But there are people out there who be like, oh, are you? And they'll, they'll read into it far more than they need to. Mm. And, yeah. they, and I'm like, no, fuck, fuck, fuck no. Not yeah. just regular no. Oh, yeah. I'm there with you with that. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to read too deeply into that. And I definitely don't want to, I don't want to see a kid playing as a dog and be like, oh, you like that? 
now I'm going to feed you more of that. Yeah. That's not what I'm looking for. And I don't even like subculture things like, uh, like furries, like, um, two spirit, like all these different, like more mm-hmm. higher end concepts when it comes to gender and sexuality. Yeah. Sure. That could definitely be left to, to later discussion, but simpler concepts yeah. like, you know, uh, homosexuality and I would even probably put trans in there because inevitably kids are going to bump up against kids who who identify as such and I'd yeah. rather them have at least an, an, an inkling of understanding about what it is that's happening in front of them yeah because another kid's not going to have like if but a kid a kid doesn't need to know about I'm sorry but kids don't need to be able to know about homosexuality they I don't mean, even need to know about heterosexuality that's that's what I was going to hit on is like if we're going to say they don't need to know about homosexuality they don't need to know about heterosexuality either we can start cutting that out of yeah. out of children's media too but, you know meeting but if a, a child prince does, or a princess but if a child asks me it's like why why does this guy have why does this kid have two moms or two dads and or what, and I'll be like, well, you know, some people, they make their choices, but there are things that they're going to be missing out on as a child. They're not going to have the same level of a mother figure as somebody with a with a mom as opposed to two dads. And no, it's proven. You, you can't disprove it because there uh, are dynamics that a, a homosexual couple cannot provide. I, th- I think it's a because bit men, more I, nuanced than that. Oh, yes, it is. But there are dynamics that women have that men don't, and there are things that men have that women don't. And I, it's just the way it is. I mean, outside of the board and tackle downstairs, I don't know. There are things that we assume that they have and that they generally have or have mm-hmm. a higher proclivity, proclivity towards, but yes. there's nothing saying that a person with a vagina can't be a stern masculine figure yeah. to their kid. There's, there's no rule. But, the, that but they can't. Their, their disposition is toward before is towards femininity. Not necessarily. Most of the most. And I'm, again, generalities. Broad generality. We have to, we I'll, have I'll to give you because, that. But most women are, are their disposition is towards feminine attributes of fairness, kindness, nurture over nature, uh, they they don't let their kids learn the hard way because they want soft. And where some males, they're the opposite of, I want to protect my kid, but I need him to learn that eventually you're going to get hurt. You're gonna you're gonna do something that I'm telling you not to do. Something's getting, but that's a, a a nature over nurture. I'd be like, as as much as I want to protect my children, eventually they got to touch the stove. See my my pushback on that is that those are the roles that have existed. Those are the roles that men have played mm-hmm. and those are the roles that women have played in those situations. Mm-hmm. There's no rule that says that doesn't change or can't change or isn't changing. And I think it is changing. I think that a very large portion of of um, um, like early development and the social sciences around early development make it very clear that letting a child learn by doing, even if it hurts, within a controlled environment, obviously, yeah. is good. It is good for their development yeah. because especially as their ego is developing, they need to do it themselves. Someone else telling them that a thing will hurt or thing will not work well doesn't doesn't stick. But then, then we're making the assumption that all kids learn the same because sometimes you can no. tell some kids, hey, that's going to hurt. It's like, okay, I trust my dad or I trust my mom and they're going to I not just, lead me into this. I thing. just mean that the, the roles being attached to a sex or a gender, I think, is a is an idea that doesn't need to exist. It, it has existed it in the past. It does exist. So I think we can get out. I, I think that there's nothing stopping no. us from changing it. No, there there is. It's nature. 
it, if 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 you believe in evolution, you believe that our nature is to that. No. Yeah, you have to. No. Because there are there are masculine attributes that we see in nature. And there's no like the masculine attributes outside of reproduction are things that can be done by someone of, of any sexual, like any, of any sex or, or gender. Like there's no reason they can't. It's, it's a matter yeah, of action. Yeah, but actions. they don't. They, they, that, that's what I'm saying is like they haven't. No. And there's no reason that they can't. And like some people are changing it. Well, it seems, then, then it seems like a forced evolution of we're going to make I mean, all evolution. evolution is in its own way a forced evolution. Yes. We're choosing to do it that way because mm-hmm. there's a, a certain percentage of people who look at it and say, okay, cool. We don't need to be the way that we were. We're going to be a different way because we think that it is healthier. Yeah. And if it does prove to be healthier, that will eventually become the way that things are. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously I can't, what if that, I can't say that doing it that way is going to lead to the best possible outcome. Well, no one, no one, that's the thing. There, there, <laughs> there's no knowing. The whole, the, there is no knowing. Well, simultaneously, we do have evidence that so far, the thousands of years of history that we have shows that given the opportunity, feminine women, look at the, uh, what they did in Slovakia or whatever it was, they allowed women to choose workforce or home and they opted into the home life. No one forced them into it. They had the freedom. In North America, we have more freedom than anywhere else to have. Well, as long as your government, you're actually, government is incentivizing you to have a two-work household. Yes. They're trying to make it so you have to. Well, I'm, I'm fighting the system and I'm saying, no, I'm going to be the breadwinner. Winner. You're not going to indoctrinate my children and we're going to raise, my wife is going to raise them. I'm going to raise them. Like, we're going to do this as a team. And the government's saying, well, it'd be a lot easier if you paid somebody else to take care of your kids and let the school system do it. Yeah, mm-hmm. it would be easier, but I don't agree with their agenda. That's fair. I'm, I'm just saying that just because it's the way we've done things doesn't mean it's the only way to do things. I agree. I think that, I think that it is at least worth experimenting and trying to change it. And the problem is that it's going to take minimum one generation to see yeah. if that works. I mean, we're I seeing- agree. But I don't, I, I don't need it to be mine. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I personally want it to be mine because I want to make, I want to, I want to be able to see the progress in my lifetime, at least yeah. to some extent. But I, that's I, what, that's why I was talking about incremental change. We don't need to see such a dramatic, because that's the thing. They're pushing a dramatic change that doesn't need to be so dramatic. We can have incremental change. Things are getting, I'm reading a book, uh, listening. I started another one, um, uh, super abundance. Mm-hmm. sustained superabundance, and it talks about transhumanism mm-hmm. of, of this ideal that we can be more than we are as long as we push. To, and But he was talking about absolute democracy, and I'm like, fuck that noise. Hmm. I don't, I, I'm sorry, but I'm not always smart enough, and I don't think anyone, and if I recognize that I'm not smart enough, maybe there are things I don't need to have a say on. Mm-hmm. And he's talking about absolute democracy of people having a say on almost everything. I'm like, oh, you want nothing to happen. Yeah. Or absolute war, one or the other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolute like, democracy, so... people just aren't built for that. I, and they're not, we're not, we as a society are not educated enough. Mm-hmm. I wish we were. I honestly, the ideal, yeah, that'd be great if everyone had a really nuanced yeah. and, and could recognize their biases as something I'm trying to do. And I know I don't do it well, but yeah. uh, I'm, I'm trying. And that's not the way it is. It's an ideal of how we want the world to work, but mm-hmm. I'm, I, I, I'm terrified to see the results of that. So I want to jump on something really quick. Yep. We did a challenge of trying to get through Nietzsche. Yeah. yeah. 
How how long before you're like, I need a fucking break? Oh, I took I I did I do it in shifts. Yeah. I won't like spend a day listening to Nietzsche because it is it is dense. Yeah, but you were going to the Edmonton like I was. I was, but I didn't I didn't do eight hours of Nietzsche. I I tr- I tried. Oh yeah, I did, I did. I probably did like three or four hours of Nietzsche in the like fifteen hours of driving, give yeah. or take. Oh, yeah, me too. Like <laughs> this is so hard. It is. It's it's rough. It is. I couldn't believe how difficult it was. Yeah. I mean, like a lot of the references that he makes towards other philosophers, like, uh, was it Descartes and stuff like that? Like you kind of have to have some understanding of Descartes' work to really yeah. have that make sense. So we're missing a lot of context that we as, as silly little blue collar plebs diving <laughs> yeah. into this, like really right. dense but he, text. he had no love lost for Mm-mm. any of the Germans, Mm-mm. the French, the, like he just, you fucking shit on everybody. Yeah, there's a... Uh, so I've listened to a couple of like view of like videos and, and podcasts about the book. Yeah. Just to see what other people feel about it. And I'm trying to remember, there's a, there's a, he has like a nickname, the, the philosopher of the hammer or the hammer philosopher or something like that, because yeah. he has a tendency to find other people's philosophy and just beat it to a pulp. Yeah. And then have nothing to replace yeah, it with. Nothing whatsoever. Yeah. He just smashes it. Yeah. And that's funny don't get me wrong it's really funny <laughs> i know i'm like oh <laughs> like listening to him break apart uh i think therefore i am was really humorous yep but he provides nothing of substance to replace it with yeah i mean uh what is it um not not truth to power but um i can't think of the phrase it's like his his thing like He's the will like, to power or the will for power yeah that doesn't it doesn't replace it. In this book, it's a thought experiment. Apparently in future texts, he takes it a bit further than just a thought experiment, but uh, yeah, it was it's a, weird. Okay. I had a very difficult time trying to um, disassociate the generation that he was coming from. Like uh, mm-hmm. uh, later in the uh, text, he gets very uh, misogynistic mm-hmm. on so many, like he had an entire chapter about, well, let me talk about women. And he just fucking unload. I'm like, I don't think Will will get through this part. <laughs> well, I'll get through it. I'll be grumpy. I'll, I'll be sitting there with my eye twitching the whole time. Uh, and I'm like, oh man, I don't think a feminist in the world would ever quote Nietzsche knowing this text alone. I'd be like, you can't. I'm trying to disregard that because I'm like, okay, it was from his time. Mm-hmm. It was the way that him and every, even slavery, the way that he was talking about the slavery mindset and the master's mindset. And I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, he's not actually talking about based on race. He's taking about a mindset. So, yeah. which was, I, I appreciate it while simultaneously being like, <laughs> yeah, that's treading on some ground here. That's just it. He, he touches on so many interesting ideas and that's why I'm kind of scared to look further into his work because apparently some of those ideas, he actually takes further into actual like ideals, not just silly little thought experiments to make you think about the philosophy in a different way yeah. or to break it down. That's where it becomes problematic for me. I mean, I, I like that he's making me think about these things. Yeah. Like like when he talks about how philosophers aren't seeking truth, they're seeking power, but not political power. Uh, it's more like an ideological power. Exactly. It's an ideological <laughs> power, almost like akin to like a spiritual power. Yeah. Like uh, the thing that popped into my mind when I was listening to that was, um, what's the movie called? The Book of Eli. Oh, great movie. Yeah, fantastic movie. But the way that it treats the Bible almost like some sort of WMD. Yeah. Like, like this untouchable MacGuffin that can control people. Yeah. And those are like, they're not entirely wrong. Like it, it carries a certain kind of, of, of special convincing power. Yeah. Because, yeah. because of the proven test. The thing is when you elevate something to that degree and then you yeah. have somebody, it's like, oh, they have the Bible, mm-hmm. the Bible, the thing that started all of this. 
Yes. And it's it's this it's an idea that they're worshiping. They're not even mm-hmm. worshiping the Bible itself. They're worshiping an idea. Yeah. And and so, yeah, same thing with what Nietzsche was doing with with some of his even it's the like Germans. Oh, mm-hmm. oh, he hates the Germans. Yeah. <laughs> and it's uh, yeah. There, there's so many interesting tangents that I get off of listening to it. Like so, I, like I, I I like the book initially. Like even though it is a dense dry read and oh. really difficult to get through. It's like trying to chew through a brick of a biscuit yeah. and it, it's not easy, but I like where it makes my mind go. I like the tangents that it sends me off on. Right. Like it got me thinking about how w- with the whole, um, philosophical power, like, like through philosophy, you have a, a strange kind of social power. And at the time I was also listening to some videos about anarchy or anarchism mm-hmm. and how I don't think even if, and I don't, I don't share this ideal, but even if I thought that anarchy was the, the ideal sort of social structure, we as a society are not ready for it. We're Mm -hmm. simply not because there's a certain portion, a a certain sizable portion of the human race that still wants to look up to something. Mm -hmm. It wants to find some higher power or higher person or something to, to worship, to idolize. And that seems to be kind of ingrained in us. And, And I sit there and I wonder, I wonder, A, I don't think that anarchism would ever work because someone's going to get a bigger piece of the pie and then some other people are going to start to be like, oh, wow, you're the cool guy with the bigger piece of pie. We're going to follow you and it's going to snowball. Oh, yeah, there's never, it's never going to be a sustained way. Exactly. There's no way to have a sustainable society like that in my mind. At the same time, I'd sit back and wonder and and I look at, obviously, I'm I'm kind of going to going to self-flagellate the atheist community a little bit here, but like, I look at how the atheist community is at least on a, on a intellectual level, not necessarily on a social level because atheist social societies are still, some of them are really, really fucking weird. (laughs) Like coming from a guy (laughs) who's trying to find community within this shared experience. Some of them are so fucking strange. I won't, I won't touch them with a 10 foot pole. But the more academic side, the real thinkers and the new philosophers that are coming out of this movement. Yeah. I'm not even thinking like the Sam Harris's. I'm thinking more grassroots than that. Guys on YouTube who have educations just don't have the platform of a Sam Harris. Yeah. And the way that they're breaking down the social evolution of us as a species and why we've looked to to a higher power and all this stuff. And I wonder, are we on the trend away from that? Are we on the trend away from needing... Like feeling this this inbuilt need to look up to something or someone at all well, times. Well, that's, that's the Nietzsche ideal. Mm-hmm. That is the Nietzsche ideal. The, the yeah. we have uh, surpassed our need for a god. And that's it's it's such an interesting concept to me that like and, maybe we're working our way towards that a little bit. Like obviously, me and my little godless heart would love that. But I mean, but you've seen what happened. What does he replace it with? Well, that's the thing is, and that's and that's what they come up with. That's that's the problem with the atheist ideal is the fact that what you replace it with after you've done that is humanity itself. And when humanity is as fucked up as it is, it's really hard to use this as your thing of, well, this is just what this is what we're doing it for. And you're like, you become nihilistic because humanity is not worth saving. Uh, I would disagree with that. The more I think about it, I'm like, man, how. Yeah, there's this uh, metal band I used to listen to, and they said, um, "If I were God, heaven would be empty." It's yeah. kind of this, like uh, we we don't deserve any of the grace and goodness that we get. 
see, it's weird because like I, I went on a bit of a nihilistic binge when I when I when I initially left Christianity because I was very much of the oh, opinion yeah. that's like, OK, cool. Nothing matters then. Right. Because yeah. there is no higher power dictating what is good and what is bad. Yeah. Since then, I feel like I've come a lot, a lot further. There is no higher power dictating what is good and what is not. We do that. That's us. That's all us. And from my point of view, as someone who doesn't believe that God exists, we do that anyways. Just some people are doing it under the guise of religion. Of, of religion. Mm -hmm. But they're still doing it. And so I think that we're totally capable of finding reasons and meaning and purpose without God. That That's, again, that's from very much from my point of view. I want to be very clear about that. And that is not necessarily a point of view shared by all atheists. There is definitely a very fair portion of atheists that are uh, deeply cynically nihilistic. Yeah. But I, I see a lot of movement, especially in these same people that I'm, I'm kind of vaguely <laughs> referencing. Um, and I can always supply links in the future if you ever wanted to, to, to share them along with this. But like they push for this idea of not nihilism, but um, have you ever seen Ratatouille? Yeah. Yeah. Anyone can cook. Yeah. Yeah. Meaning can come from anything. If nothing has built in meaning, meaning can be wherever you want it. Yeah. And that's the kind of bit that I latch onto. So it's not nihilism. It's kind of like post nihilism. It's kind of like nothing matters. So anything can matter. Yeah. Anything that I want to matter can matter. Is that my relationships with people? That matters. Is it... Well, the car it, I drive. That, sound, that, that sounds matters. very Jordan Peterson esque. <laughs> it is a bit Jordan Peterson esque. It is. It, it's it's strange in that regard how the how those parallels crop up. Yeah. But yeah, a meaning and can be found anywhere that you want it to be found. But, now, obviously, there's like social contracts involved that tell you that some things you're not supposed to find meaning in some things. Those yeah. are illegal. <laughs> but <laughs> but the, but think something something needs to matter. Because if you have nothing that matters, it just becomes fuck it all. But everything matters. But but no, some things matter than more than others. Yeah, to me. Yeah, because I, I find meaning higher in family than than most things. Mm -hmm. I find more meaning in my. Um, I, I really want to say my relationship with God, but I, it almost feels fake lately. Of uh, not how do I put it. My understanding and my view has evolved to the point where I'm like, okay, I'm a bit of a uh, psychological evolutionist thinking of saying that the, even that you're talking about the social structures and the mm -hmm. things that we deem right and wrong when it comes to a moral society mm -hmm. is ingrained into our being. Well, I, ideologically, you'd be like, oh, if murder is so bad, then we could just get rid of all the – like the, it means something to kill even bad people. Mm-hmm. But a a literal or a um, what's the word I'm looking for? A materialist would say no, peace at all cost is more important than justification for uh, moral understanding. So I don't care about the moral implications of create doing this act because the outcome is more important. Yeah, that would be a, a supremely utilitarian way to look at it. Yeah. And but we we can but you can say it's like I don't care about the justification for your act. It's still wrong. Yes. We can call it wrong, and that's a, that's where I've got to the point of yes, I can call it wrong. I may do the wrong thing and be like, no, this is wrong, but it is necessary. <laughs> yeah, 
I mean, I, I, me personally, I subscribe to kind of this weird blend of kind of like utilitarian harm reduction, mm-hmm. like doing the most good up to a point where it involves harming someone else to do it. Cause at that point I'm having to take somebody else's, uh, free will or power to try and reach an ideal. And if I have to do that to reach an ideal, I don't think that the ideal is worth it within reason. But then you have to decide, well, you just said do good. What does it mean to do good? Because my idea of good and your idea of good are two different things. You say a good thing, not trying to project what you said earlier, that uh, introducing children to a different idea of sexual understanding when it comes to transgenderism or bisexuality. At at least a very surface level one. At a surface level is good. At an age, and I'm like, no, my ideal is children being allowed to learn and grow in their own time. And when they come to their parents and ask them, hey, there's this thing happening and I don't understand it. And a parent being like, how do you want to be treated? Treat them the way you want to treat yourself. We don't have to agree with them. I don't. I don't agree with it. Well, simultaneously, if I'm going I'm to be like, you're a faggot. No, I'm going to yeah. treat them as somebody that 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 other people love like somebody who god created and and put value on their life even though i don't agree with their ideology mm-hmm. so when it comes to the idea of good we if we can't agree on that how are we supposed to set I, a moral standard i think first i want to address that saying i think it's good isn't quite right that's where the utilitarian comes in because i think it's it's kind of wishful thinking to think that every kid has a parent they can go home to and talk yeah. to about these things, which is the unfortunate part. And so we kind of have to cast a ridiculously wide net when it comes to public education. And this is why I, I don't... The net's getting smaller. I'm sorry. But the, less, the parents out there, they become so ideological that they either lean one way or the other and they're not oh, yeah. always as nuanced as we oh, wish yeah. they would be. Yeah. I mean, parents be parenting. There, there's a reason that the stereotypes about angry parents and PTA parents exist. Um, I'm borderline angry parent. Yeah. <laughs> but it, 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 justification is I, I expect more from my children. I'm like, no, like you know better. I shouldn't have to tell you to wipe your ass. Like I, I yeah. <laughs> things that shouldn't be an issue become issues. Yeah. And you just, get, I get angry. But yeah, like, so when I think casting the wide net and teaching kids these things, I don't necessarily think it qualifies as like a, a moral good as much as it is a moral, not even moral, just a safety net trying to give kids at least the most basic tools because we, it's, it's impossible but, to know whether their parents are going to give them to them or not. But there is no, there is literally no data supporting the idea of introducing these ideas to children this young is good. In fact, most people say that children that are exposed to sexually explicit things at a very young age is bad. I mean, like the, like kids that have how, been introduced. How explicit are we talking? Well, it doesn't it, any sexual. Not even not 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 talking about transsexual. I'm talking about sexual ideas being introduced to these children at an early age. Talking about like porn to children at a very right. early age is bad. I mean, I would agree that showing porn to children is bad. But but then you have to decide what is porn, and then they're going to be like, oh well, this doesn't classify because it's written by a high class writer. Well, maybe I mean, is it's it wrong? Is it informational or is it titillating? I think is the, is the biggest differentiating factor is it a diagram showing well it depends on who you're works? asking let's say i want to figure out the best way to pleasure my wife well and i want to do research it's, it can be yeah. both things Kids and, don't but, need a, that. but a perverted person who doesn't see the the fact that this is for children is going to be like well it's not that bad because i learned something from it I, I mean yeah 
a perverted person doing that you know, may take it that far, but we. But they don't. They don't recognize their own perversion. I mean, I feel like that's kind of like those. It's kind of a what if ism. Like we're we're assuming I, I'm, I'm straw manning them. Yeah, I was say, <laughs> I, I it is a bit of a straw man. I see where you're coming from, though, with it, and at the end, I I, I worry that. I weigh the cost to benefit ratio in my head. And I like, I worry that the cost of having the bad apples, because inevitably they're going to be bad apples. They're going to yeah. be teachers who teach stuff that they shouldn't be teaching yeah. or that are perverted. Like th that is an inevitability that some people like that are, are going to crop up. Yeah. But what I see is the potential good in giving kids the tools to understand the things that they're going to see outside of school, no matter what. I, I, and I know which end I end up on. I end up yeah. on deciding to at least teach kids a, a base level thing. And that's, I'll be clear. It's, that's it's not also me. coming from somebody who doesn't have kids too. So this it's, is very it true. Is, it is a dynamic that just. Very changed. true. You ever seen that Tom Segura thing of uh, people who say they love kids and it's like, oh, I understand the love you have for your kid. It's like, no, no, you don't. And he's like, oh, I do. I have a dog. And he's like, no. It's not the you same. You can't because if, if, if your dog were to hurt my child, I would not hesitate and drown that dog. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, <sighs> it's, it's an understanding that once you have kids, it's like, okay, I want to protect this thing to the point of being accused of being anti-vax because I'm not vaccinating my kid on the schedule that they recommend. It's in, in my mind, it's one of those things like, I, I like to think that I'm relatively knowledgeable about uh, um, early education and early development for kids, especially in, in regards to like the toddler-ish age up to like mm -hmm. maybe preteens. When it gets into teenage years, I don't, I don't know. Oh, goddamn chaos. thing. Yeah, it I don't, I don't know. It's chaos thing. after that. But I would never say that I know what it's like to be a parent because I, I haven't been one. It's kind of like knowing I could know every intricate detail about. Michelangelo's paintings on the roof of the Sistine Chapel. I've never been there. I don't know what it smells like inside the Sistine Chapel. I don't know what it sounds like inside the Sistine Chapel. Yeah. It's very much kind of goodwill hunting-esque. Like I can read about it. I can know all these things about it, but I've never felt it. Yeah. I've never experienced it in that way. I mean, sure, I've looked after kids. I have nieces and nephews. That gives me a taste, an inkling, yeah. a smidgen, but I'm very aware that, that is... Your, a drop your, in the bucket. Your, yeah, your patience hasn't been pushed to the... Yeah, it's <laughs> something that... I'm screaming at them for wanting to every, marry their sister. Every time I, I watch kids or babysit, like I have a couple of friends who occasionally ask me to babysit when they want to go up like a date night or run errands or anything yeah. like that. And they're like, how are you so patient with them? It's like, because I get to give them back to you at the end of it. I always know in the back of my head that no matter what happens in that's these three exactly. hours, I'm done in three hours. You don't get that choice. That's, You're stuck with it. That's why the fun uncle is considered the fun uncle. <laughs> yes. Everyone's like, why is the fun uncle always have so much energy it's like because he doesn't have to deal with your yeah, shit i get to go home and drink a six-pack and pass out afterwards like <laughs> being the funkle is where it's at oh i never got to do it uh that's a i wish i got to but... I, I wish you did too okay so my brother-in-law back in the day he was like uh trying to teach my son words mm -hmm. and so he's the fun he's it's the fun uncle right mm -hmm. he's like asshole <laughs> asshole and he's trying and then all of a sudden he has a kid and i go to him like asshole and then his wife was like, no. And I'm like, punch. <laughs> and the worst part is, you know how bad it is now. Yeah. You've been on the receiving end of people doing that. And now you, like, there's always a piece in the back of your head is like, I'm doing something awful. I'm doing yeah. a bad thing. And I know I'm doing a bad thing. It was early enough. I was good. The kid's a okay, sweetheart. There go. Yeah, there you go. <laughs>
<laughs> I just had to get that reaction yeah, out of yeah. her and, and, and give him a taste of this is uh, what you were trying to do to my kid. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah, it is a very good caveat to point out is yeah. I don't have kids. So mm-hmm. that there is a certain level of attachment to this issue that I, I simply don't have. And and, and and once and when you do have it, it, it does change things because you 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 overthink and you look at everything. It's that's it is terrifying and because you're you want to protect them and you want to trust society and you want to trust you want to put your kids in the best possible scenario to move them forward in a good way. Yeah. And 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 having a government the way that we have it set up, I, I'm terrified on every degree of, I don't know if I can trust them because our government's so fucked. Our I mean, leader's an insane person. I don't trust any, I mean, I don't trust anyone, but I definitely don't trust any government body that much. Yeah. I, I want to trust them to do the absolute bare minimum. Yeah. And even then that trust is very like begrudging. Yeah. Very like tight fisted. I still think that it's a necessary thing to, if not trust them, at least engage with it because we don't have a better option. Yeah. I, I don't see any, I don't see any other way forward to, to educating children at, at a, at a, at a basic level, um, more reliably. And it's, I don't think it's a problem that's ever really going to be Fixed. No, no. There's, there's no it's, solving it's a, it's a forever it. problem. Yeah, we it's, can improve it potentially. It's, it's part of but... being. It is part of being in a, a, a society and a culture. Yeah, you have to have that risk factor of. But when you got other people out there that are like, no, I trust my government. I 100 percent trust my hmm. government. I'm sorry. Do you know history? Those people are idiots. <laughs> I'm like, like, you can either know your history or trust your government. Yeah. You can't do both. <laughs> Yeah, let let there be no misgivings. Despite despite my progressivism, I do not trust the government. And anyone yeah. who's like, "Oh yeah, no, I trust my government," like fuck that. <laughs> like, why do you trust any government, <laughs> let alone yours? Now I know you don't use the retarded question yeah. the word, but I'll say, I'm like, are you fucking retarded? <laughs> I'm like, like really? Like it? It's terrifying. Dude, can I teach you? Can I teach you a secret? I'm gonna huh. I'm gonna out myself a little bit here. <laughs> I don't use the R word. That's it's fine. absolutely true. I don't. Yeah. And that's good. I work around it yeah. and I make jokes instead that have the same implication. Like I tell people, like, I'm like, oh, wow, that is, that person is below the mental poverty line <laughs> and stuff like that. And then everyone's like, haha, funny, chuckle, chuckle, or like, haha, funny, you know, yeah. you made it's more a, interesting words. I'm still calling you a fucking idiot. <laughs> a re-re. Yeah. I'm st- <laughs> same message is coming across. I'm just being mildly more polite about it. <laughs> you you uh you almost passed the chromosome test. You got twenty two out of twenty three. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that one. I'm like, fuck yeah! <laughs> it's so good. Uh, it's the only test you could almost pass and still fail. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. You think about that one. It's great. There, there's this really. This really great guy, I, I love listening and reading his work. Is he goes by FD Signifier, and he does a really great job of being super progressive mm-hmm. and knowledgeable and all these things, and calling out his own side. And this is this is part of the reason I enjoy talking to you guys. Is you gives me a, it gives me like very selfishly a place to bash my own side of the fence mm. because they need it. They they desperately need it. And I love seeing you guys bash, bash your side. own side of the fence. <laughs> yeah. Because they need it. Both sides need internal policing that they they just don't get right now. No. Like 
only half of the problem is this like, like rabid fandom of political figures that drives me up the wall. But the other half is that we refuse, we refuse to look internally and be like, that's bad. Why are we doing that? Yeah. And, and self-regulate. And, and that's something I appreciate is because some people, they won't call out their own side. We have to. Especially on, more so on the left than the right. The right is like, fucking Trump, shut the fuck up. I, I, I know we don't hear it enough. Thankfully, more people are coming around to that finally, which yes. is really nice to hear. And, and and there was a long time where people are very, the, the problem is that the fringe is the loudest and they're given mm -hmm. the most mm -hmm. attention, both on the left and the mm -hmm. right. Mm -hmm. And it's like, that's not the people you should be listening or talking to. Yeah. But that, that, that proves our point. And I'm like, well, that's not who I want to talk to. I want to talk to guys like Will, mm. who can be like, no, these oh, guys are wrong here. <laughs> I want to talk to, and he's going to call out his own side. Well, simultaneously, he's going to butt up against mine, which is yeah. great because I don't, again, hate, I hate echo chambers. Yeah. I mean, I, I'll still preach the ideals of my side, but when people go overboard, like the, there's, it's, like it's, it's fun to dunk on people on the other side of the political spectrum. It's, Don't get me easy. wrong. It's, but it's easy. It's easy. It's really easy to find a nice soft target, a nice, a nice low like, hanging fruit, low hanging yes. fruit and, and dunk on them and feel good about yourself. But that's not productive. No, you're not help. You're not, you're not moving anywhere forward. Yeah, if I you're mean, into progression, yeah, you want I mean, to bring people to your side. Right. And, and it's frustrating because almost exclusively, like almost without fail, when I partake in criticizing Usually, like I try to be polite about it, but when I partake in criticizing of my own side, my own political um, um, peers, it's usually a really good experience. Mm -hmm. Almost exclusively. Like, I mean, just today, I guess yesterday slash today, someone posted something online and, and uh, to, to paraphrase it, like heavily paraphrase, the post is something along the lines of if you don't support Antifa, then you are pro-fascist. <laughs> and so my first thought is like, that's not, that's not a one-to-one. That, -one. that is literal fascism. <laughs> just I'm about, sorry, yeah. that is. So it, so I, I messaged them and I'm just like, I, I commented or I know I messaged them about the thing. And I was just like, Hey, like I, I see the point you're trying to get across. Like yeah. I'm down with like apathy towards fascism is allowing fascism to foster. Sure. Right. Yeah. But it's not support of fascism. Like just because I don't say donate money or time or, or, or thought to a, an expressly anti-fascist group or movement or, or, or ideal doesn't mean I'm not fighting fascism. I could be fighting fascism differently. Like instead of donating toward this Antifa group in Toronto, maybe I'm giving money to a group that helps to educate people who are leaving religion or something like this. Like yeah. I think in my mind, educating people out of not like all religion, but like, um, um, deep, uh, what's word I'm looking for? Regressive? Yeah. Deeply regressive religion. Educating yeah. them out of that is a step away from ultra nationalist fascism. Yeah. And it's fighting the same fight from a different angle under a different name. That doesn't make me pro fascist just because I don't have my name on this particular set yeah. of ideals. And they were totally receptive. They're like, yeah, no, that's, that definitely makes sense. And the post was really black and white and that's not a very good, uh, qualifier. And I was like, that's right. It's, it's really hard to to get across a nuanced idea in a little snippet on Facebook. Yeah. And they were a hundred percent receptive to it and really had thought of it themselves. They just saw a thing yeah. that affirmed what they felt and posted it. Cause it felt good to post it. Yeah. Without actually giving the forethought into what well, it's actually saying. Cause that's well, the thing. I don't it, post it, any, I don't post a lot of stuff anymore. I mean, who are they posting it for? They're posting it for their buddies who feel the same way and yeah. they can all hoorah that and go about their business. And that's relatively okay. But for anyone who's not in that camp, which a portion of the people who are going to see that post are, 
it's gonna have the opposite effect. Yeah. Like if, if I was a conservative that saw that post, I'd be like, stupid fucking libtarb and go about my business and knock them down a peg in my brain. Cause oh, I'm like, you, oh yeah, you, you think they less don't know of what the them. fuck they're talking about. It just shows, it's like, oh, they're ignorant. They don't know what they're talking about. I think less of them instead of being like, oh, they're a nuanced thinker or they're seeing things yeah, in a different and, way. And as soon as I engage with them beyond that surface level post, yeah. they are a nuanced thinker. They have thought about it. it was, I wasn't bringing new information. I was just talking to them about it. They had already thought about that. Like intellectually, they got that. They already knew where I was coming so from. So they were responding to the id then. Absolutely. And so I, I want to see more of that because because it. I'm, I'm not saying that them posting that is bad. It's I just, would. Huh? I would. Yeah. It's creating unnecessary division. It is. It is driving a wedge. It, if they post it knowing what the reaction is, and are okay with that. That's fine. Yeah. They're, they're, own, they're followers you're owning, on. You're owning your action though. You're yeah. Not, and their followers on social media will self-regulate. Some people will see that and be like, screw this. I'm out of here and unfollow or whatever, yeah. or hide posts from that person. Um, but I, I don't think it's productive. As yeah. you say, I think it's driving a wedge between posts like that just tend to drive a wedge. When I yeah. see people jumping on the bandwagon of bashing Trudeau because he's going through a divorce. Like, oh, I, I feel, I feel for him. That is like, like it's, I, I don't it's remember. already a shit thing and Christians, right wingers, all these people are like, oh, I wish we could divorce. Like bandwagoning feel, that so hard. And I, I feel bad for the guy because that's like the worst possible thing somebody could go mm -hmm. through. Like I understand not all, di I hate divorce. I really do. Like I am a, I really hate divorce. Well, simultaneously, I recognize there is a time for it when mm -hmm. it comes to abusers, cheaters, and shit like that. So I'm, I'm, I'm giving that caveat. This guy's going through the hardest thing in the world, and then you got these Christians. What does the Bible say to do with your enemies? I consider Trudeau my personal animal, enemy. Yeah. Love your enemy. Yeah. Not, not kick him when I, if I'm going to call myself a Christian, how can I, I disagree with him. I dislike him mm -hmm. on many, many levels. Mm -hmm. But he's going through something that I'm like, fuck, you're... Don't give him reason to hate us. Mm -hmm. And as, and as, and people who are fans of Trudeau, as silly as those people are, are going to see that as to like, and they're going to say, "Look at these fucking hypocrites." Exactly. That is no, oh, yeah, but he's going through the worst shit. You say, <laughs> "Hey, man, sorry to see that you fucked your life," and he fucked it. He fucked his life. I mean, I've, we, we I don't know, know any details, details about the separation. Maybe he, I mean, but, it sounds like seeing, she's separating from him, but seeing still. his actions and his conduct and the way he's uh, done his life so far, I assume that he's fucked his life, but I'm not happy about it. Yeah. I'm not like, yeah, fuck him. No, no. No, I'm sad. I'm sad. If not for him, I'm sad for his wife and kids who are also going through it. I mean, the wife's going to deal with the fact that this is going to be like a permanent mark on her social record yeah. till the day she dies. The yeah. best she can hope for is to fade into obscurity now, Yeah. socially speaking. And the kids. Oh, like, she's, she's not going to, she, she could fade as much as she wants to. She could be like, honestly. I mean, she probably will. I don't know what she looks like. Yeah. So like I'm saying, that's their best case scenario for her is just to, to fade. If she ever tries to make a name for herself in any state, like oh. any, in any meaningful way, whether it's political. Oh, it's going to be very difficult. Exactly. And then the kids, man. Oh, yeah. The kids. Well, they're, they're new, their name is all over every single. Everything. <laughs> every truck out here has yeah. a fuck truth. I don't, I won't do it. I'm like, I'm sorry. I don't yeah. need that kind of profanity on my truck. I mean, I, not even just the profanity. Like, I just like, if, if, if I voiced my negative opinion about religion as aggressively as that people would be very angry with me and okay. rightfully so like 
That's yeah. just overly aggressive. Yeah. And and un, un, uh, unreasonable in my mind. Yeah. It's, and it's giving, it's, it's giving him a lot of real estate in your head. And now on your property, you're giving yeah. this guy so much real estate. Free advertising. Can, yep. Like for super progressive people, that is free advertising. They see that drive by and they're like, cool, there goes a douchebag. I'm going to vote for him again. Yeah. Not literally. That's a <laughs> gross oversimplification, but yeah. definitely there goes a douchebag. Yeah. Roll their eyes. Who, who can't who can't even control themselves enough to not have a yeah. And when and then when then when that's what they see every day, they start to internalize this idea that everyone who disagrees with Trudeau is just a fuck Trudeau sticker guy driving his truck yeah. downtown. Instead of and, just being like, oh, they disagree with his policies. Oh, they disagree with how he's conducting himself, exactly. how he represents our country. Like I disagree again. Don't like the guy at all. Mm-hmm. But I'm not gonna. I'm, I don't want to be that guy. Yeah. There's a saying my dad always told me as a kid, and I love it. Don't argue with idiots. They drag you down to their level and beat you with experience. <laughs> I don't want to get involved in the the social and political mudslinging fight mm-hmm. that is bumper stickers and ball caps and yeah. hardline stances. I have no time for it. No. I, I have no, like, no use for that in my life. And if, you, and if you do have time, you have too much time on your hands. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly. Like, I will take hardline stances on like specific issues. Hell yeah. Definitely. Uh, there's lots of issues that I would love to take hardline stances on. Yeah. But like big, broad things like the prime minister, I'm not taking a hardline stance on him. No, I, I, I'm a quiet, fuck that guy. Yeah. We can do better. We can do better. That's, mm-hmm. that's what I oh, want definitely. to look at what we can do better. Oh, that, that applies to every single politician alive right now. We can do better. <laughs> I'm sorry, but it's, it's so hard. It's almost impossible for good people to get into politics. Because could people avoid politics? Because <laughs> just it. That's just it. Good people look at politics and they're like, fuck that. No. no. And it isn't worth it. The people we need aren't doing it because they're being disincentivized because they're looking the way that, that you'd get treated. And they're like, no. And even if yeah. even if a good person did have like the gall, like the absolute stones to go headfirst into politics, they'll never get very far. No. Because every time they look at the people around them doing crappy stuff and start to point it out, they're gone. Yeah. They're Dunskis. Like, you're not making it in politics. In your own party, in other parties, whatever. Yeah. You'd be like, well, I'm sorry, your party's doing the same thing. It's like, oh, no, we're not. And then you look, it's like, fuck, we are. Exactly. And, it, and if you try to call them out, you're out. Like, yeah. it's quick, quick as a lick, you're done. You'll yeah. never get anywhere. And good luck running as an independent. Yeah. That always works super well for everyone. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> what was that guy's name? There was this guy, uh, Bernier. Yeah, Maxime Bernier. Oh, I God. liked him. He was phenomenal. He's exactly uh, what this country needs and he'll never get in. No, he's not what this country yeah, needs. Yeah, he was great. No, he's a hardline cock thistle. He's not useful at all. I'm just saying, like, he's what he was willing to pull shit out of Nova Scotia. He's like, you guys have an industry here. You guys could be doing more. And they're like, you don't need these equalization. Look at this. Like, you're right on the ocean. Do what Newfoundland's doing. Do what New Brunswick is doing. Do what these other provinces are doing or maritime provinces are doing. And you guys can make, but no, they're they're sustained on equalization payments because they can be. They have I mean, no incentive to do anything better. Sorry, I, I should clarify my distaste for Maxime Bernier. I don't actually know much about his policies, his policies because most of the time I just look to him being a a, a dingus. Oh yeah. In terms of like his public speaking and his, yeah. his social media and all yeah. that stuff, and I'm just like, I don't want you representing my country, like. Even if you have the best policies, he's got great policies. I, I would, I'd I would like rather have him locked in a back room somewhere writing policy than running the country. Like, I don't want him to be the face of my country at at, at all. I liked him. 
<laughs> I mean, no offense, Mike, but of course you fucking liked him. Of course you liked him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fucking right I did. I'll take it. <laughs> uh, I have to talk about this. This was one of my favorite political things that happened in his last, well, I guess it was last week, like the week before last, technically, was, uh, was it not, not Lindsey Graham? What's the, uh, Mitch McConnell. Did you see the it, video clip of him freezing at a, at a. Oh, it was like he saw the Grim Reaper in the crowd. Oh yeah, that guy just like blank, like just blank neurological for like a full thirty seconds. I, I felt saw bad. That I'm like, get this guy off the stage. Yeah, but then like, I looked this into guy it. Needs to be out. And he's 84, 82 years old. Yeah. And I was, I was looking, and I was like, obviously we know Biden's old is older than dirt. Yeah. And looking down a whole bunch of these politicians, and I'm just like, you know what? Part this is me being hopeful, very hopeful. Don't get yeah. me wrong. Like I, I understand how hopeful <laughs> this is, but like. In about 10 years or so, a very good portion, especially in America and to a certain extent here, but definitely in the States, a good percentage of Congress is going to be dead and buried. Oh. Like they're going to be six feet under. God willing. Someone's got to replace them. And there's only so many old fucks, like old fucking baby boomers that can replace them. So yeah. we, we're, we've well, got to get some new blood in there somehow. Some more, the Dan Crenshaws, like oh. those, those, those younger demographics. I don't know how, I don't know if I say no, Dan Crenshaw is the go-to example. I'm, for I'm me, talking about like, age demographic. Okay. Yes, definitely. Age <laughs> demographic for sure. Cause they, they're old enough to have seen shit while simultaneously mm -hmm. they know how their email works. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> oh, that is, uh, I have stopped watching congressional hearings I'm, that involve social media. I can't, I can't do it. Yeah. Physically cannot do it. Watching these people ask questions. And these are the people that run the goddamn country. Yep. And they couldn't, like, this is a, a national issue with a national eye on it. Like, the whole country is watching you interview Mark Zuckerberg. And you couldn't be bothered to learn the most well, basic shit about what well, you're interviewing here's the thing. And then they try to give you these questions of, like, oh, this will be a gotcha or this will be a zinger. And it's like, no, That's, no, no, it wasn't. Yeah. It, you just, it's you like, made yourself look as dated as you are. You could have pulled any any computer sciences college student. Yeah, but then you got and they the would word, ask better students. Then you got the questions. other side of things as a uh, uh, AOC chick. Uh, I mean, at least she understands what she's. Oh yeah, like, she understands social media and all these new things but that are she's happening. Wingbat, like she's she's a little nuts. I mean, she is. She doesn't pay her bills. Definitely opinionated. And, and she talks about, oh yeah, no, we need to. Um, we need to tax the rich. Oh, capitalism is bad. All this stuff. It's like we need to, all these things. Hoorah. Uh, have you have you seen uh, have you seen her hoodies that she's trying to sell? No. Let's say tax the rich. Yeah, they're like sixty, seventy, eighty dollars or something. Oh yeah, like it's that. fundraising thing. I mean, every, every political hoodie but is the same. No, it's 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 her own website and stuff like mm -hmm. that. And it's like yeah, oh. it's because it's because she doesn't take big donations. She has to raise money somehow. But when she but when she at, when she's asked, it's like oh why why is our why are they marked up so much? She's like well we got to pay our people. Yeah. It's cap. It is capitalism. They're I mean, they're using the the uh, the hammer and sickle essentially, essentially not literally, but the hammer and sickle essentially to capitalize on things. It's a it's Che Guevara of T-shirts. I mean, I, sh I don't think that what she pushes for is communism. It's socialism, and socialism still involves a certain amount of capitalistic uh, function, especially well, in the economy. Well, it needs it. It I mean, needs it because it, it can't to. function without it. It's, it's, Currently, at least we haven't found a way same, to function without it. It's the same it. thing as the anarchy. It's a, anarchy and communism need to be opted into. I'm fine with them as long as you opt into them and you should be allowed to See, opt out. I think of them as being like secondary characteristics. Yes. They're not the prime yeah. modus operandi. It's like, I want to go to, like, 
let's say that let's say that Canada is a socialist country. Let's say that Alberta decides to be more anarchistic in their their laws and regulations and everything. Cool. Go to Alberta if you're a big fan of, yeah. of anarchy. Assuming that the economy is in a functional place where people no, can go where they want to go. The, it'll be it'll be anarchic. Anar in the, I mean, anarchistic for about a month, and you'll be like, "Well, time to make money again because we're out of money." Well, no, I, I think that I think that Alberta or any place would do great in terms of making money. You'd have a period of it being absolute chaos and mm -hmm. anarchy, but then inevitably, some players would scoop enough people, yeah, it, put it, enough it, people under their boot, not, start to produce something. Not even under their boot, under their wing. I'm sorry, yeah. but it wouldn't be a boot; it would be a wing. It, it would depends. be like because it, it, <laughs> it depends on if they're. You know, they don't laugh. Shepherding and safeguarding, or if they are, uh, you know, the abusing boot, and crushing. It's, the boot doesn't last. I mean, the boot's been going on for quite a while when it comes to uh, free market capitalism in the states. The boots, the boot's been getting bigger over the yeah, years. Yeah, but, but there's always a different person that you can be working with. There's a different company that you can go to. There's a different market that you can invest. Sometimes, in. what's what's a if you want to be a uh, weapons. Uh, manufacturer, you can sell to the government. You can sell privately. You can sell to all these places. And if you don't like them, you can buy from, or if you, you wanted to buy from them or someone else, you can go to other places. What I'm saying is they're they're not monopolistic like they are in Canada when it comes to energy. Canada, our energy oh, yeah. in Canada is completely monopolized by the government, which allows them to set the prices in a way that yeah, doesn't actually make it fair. But I mean, at least it's reasonably reliable, unlike things like Texas. Well, yeah, because they're being forced, they're forced by uh, government to not invest in their infrastructure. Mm, no. Like Calif Cal California, you know why they're having so many fires? Why? Because their grid is a hundred years old. Yeah. They're not, they're not allowed because of the regulations mm -hmm. that they're putting on it. They're not allowed to invest on their grid. So they're, they're, they're. Uh, terminals and stuff, their power terminals and all that yeah. stuff, they're catching fire because they're nearly 100 I'm years glad old. you brought up California because it is a perfect example of the dichotomy between California and Texas that are having very similar problems in the sense that their infrastructure is borked yeah. right up the tailpipe. One, because the government won't let them put the appropriate amount of money in to fix things up. And then in Texas's case, it's because the corporations that are making money off the power grid couldn't be fucking bothered. They keep getting grants and money from the government to do it and they're just, they just don't do it. Yeah. It's like Comcast gets all of these huge grants from the governments, tens of billions of dollars to improve the internet infrastructure across the states yeah. does bupkis for yeah. like 10 years. They've done jack shit yeah. except for lobby to keep other, other comp competitors from sprouting up. Yeah. It, it's funny because they're having like a, a very, uh, uh, parallel problem caused by total opposite yeah. uh, ideological system. Yeah. Similar fallout. And and what do we do? Montana. <laughs> I like that well governed, really, pretty good. They're getting I mean, power most from people, here. Most people like Montana, from uh, what I know, from what uh, I understand. Idaho is really good. Uh, there there are some <laughs> states that are just there's something to them, and I'm like I kind of like I like the way they. But at the same time, uh, then you have Floridas Idaho, and Utahs. I Florida is great, except for the actual geographical layout. It's boring as fuck. Mm. I hate it. I, I mean, this this is again coming from me, my my atheist proclivities. Um, the the free speech infringements that are happening in Florida and Texas, but Florida is my particular gripe. Rub me the wrong way. I, I could never. Wait, which which are you talking about? The book banning, and yeah. I'm using air quotes because the books that they're banning have no. They're, remember when I was talking about uh, books that children don't don't need to be seeing. 
Some of them. Is explicit sexual content. Some of them, yes. Some yes, of them. But other books are being caught up in that, in that, and they need to be looked at. Well, and, and the thing is Why that not? I just don't like the... I, I like the lack of consistency, or sorry, I don't like the lack of consistency. So like it's cropping up in a couple of different school districts in the States right now where parents are like, okay, cool. If we're going to ban books that have sexual content, why is the Bible in my library? Yeah. Like that shouldn't exist. Yeah. Like that has explicitly sexual content yeah. for the purpose of being sexual content, not for like educational purposes. It's like Song of Solomon. Yeah. Isn't really educational. No. So I don't want that. And so it's a hard read though. Like, it, I mean, it, it is, it is a hard it's read. It's not like, Oh, those the... twin ivory towers, baby. <laughs> I don't know if the kids are picking up on the metaphor. That's right. But, they're, they're not getting any yeah. of it. They're like but, petting a fawn. I don't, I don't get yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, I, I don't like the, the inconsistency because as soon as people are like, Oh no, so we should, so we're getting rid of the Bible. Right. And the school districts are like, well, no, the Bible is educational. It's like, fuck off. So is to kill a mockingbird. Yeah. Super educational, but you're getting rid of that because yep. of a couple of explicit scenes. And I and I agree to a certain extent. Like there are things that my son has a Bible, mm -hmm. and thank goodness that he's not a big reader because there's things that I'm not ready to explain. Like no, yeah, the takes rape and the incest that happens in that. And I'm like, it does happen. Yeah, but it takes context. It takes a lot of this is said oh, man. so that you could understand what is bad and what is good because it's not being said I mean, as I a guess. good thing or the guy who uh, raped a woman and then bought her for 50 silver coins and then so this one guy he's like how how would you justify this in your Bible and I'm like let me get back to you I didn't say oh I got an answer but I went back to him I'm like do you think 50 gold or 50 silver was cheap yeah, do you think that. it was nothing do you think that maybe it could be read as he didn't Ooh. buy a woman but he made penance for what he did wrong. He made him hit her, the wife so that now he could take responsibility for her and take care of her. That you could, you can read it that way. You could. You could. I wouldn't, but you could. <laughs> you could. <laughs> you, and that's you the way could. I, and that's the way I choose to read it. It's like, okay, this is the way that I, 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 I have good faith though. I have a lot of faith. In it. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, there's a lot of good faith happening there. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to go down that road. I, I, I look forward to, we got to do it with Devin here. Cause yeah. I look forward to butting heads with him about, whoops, about butting heads about these sorts of things. There's lots yeah. of things in the Bible like that, that, oh boy, there are going to be conversations oh, with wait. teenagers. And uh, I look forward to, to seeing how those conversations roll out with this newer generation that, that, that is reading their Bible more. Yeah. I have a question for you. Yes. What's going on with the news in Canada? Like right how now? Do you, yeah, you the, oh, like on Facebook and everything? How do you feel about it? Um, Who, whose side are you on? Are you on Facebook side or are you on the Canada government side? Neither. I'm staunchly on neither side. I'm... I am more on Facebook side than I am Canada's. Canada has suppressed. They said, hey, we need to get our, our beak wet as well. Yeah. They're looking well, for money because they're, they're not making any money. So in order to make money off their posts... So that they get more drive. Yes. They're they're strong arming Facebook, Twitter, so, Instagram to use them and then pay them for it. Well, guess what? Canada's not that big enough of a market. Mm -hmm. Instagram's like fucking pound sand. Yeah, exactly. And they have every right to, and yeah. I stand with them. While simultaneously, fuck Canada, stop. Yeah, there's there's, I have such mixed feelings on, on a policy standpoint. I think I agree with you, but I don't like that Canada's strong arming it. I don't think i'm not sure where the line gets drawn i know that when it came to the canadian broadcasting association dictating i can't remember what the name of the bill is and i don't think it's the same bill as this one but it is attached to it like it, it's working in tandem with it where it's going to limit 
content on like things like YouTube where they yeah. have to provide a certain amount of Canadian yeah, fuck that. programming with a certain amount of Canadian staff, et cetera. And it's stupid yeah. because nobody's going to do it. Yeah. And so you're just going to lose out on Canadian content. Yeah. People are going to, Canadians are going to leave Canada to make content for Canadians. It's because they, they, they're saying, oh, you have to do this. It's like, well, well no, we don't. It's, it's funny. And then it's like, well, we'll ban you. It's like, fine. There, there's a guy on YouTube, JJ McCullough. I don't agree with a lot of his political takes per se, but I love his drive and his passion because he's actually been in a bunch of calls and hearings with the government about this because he's very vocal about it and he's yeah. very knowledgeable about it. And it's fun because there are representatives from cable companies in these calls as well. Yeah. It is very clear who's pushing for these bills. It's the old media companies. Yeah. They want a piece of the pie. They don't really want the internet to produce content that way. They want to force people to produce content the old way. They want to force you to watch TV more. They want yeah. to force you to get the news from your papers. That's not going to happen. It's not. It's really not. People are just going to stop watching. And they refuse to listen to it. Like, JJ will say that. Like, he's like, people aren't going to change to go back to the old media. Yeah. They're just going to stop using Canadian media. You're going to lose. Like, it's going to be a lose-lose for Canadians yeah. across a, the board. You're, you're forcing your own loss because you think exactly. it's like, oh, no, this will work. It's like, no, no. they're just going to, you're no. both, you're going to lose twice. People are going to go the path of least resistance every time. And the path of least resistance is just to stop watching Canadian content, yeah. which sucks Why? as a Canadian. Yeah. Why? Why would the, 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 yeah. the they're getting Canadian payouts. Like they're, mm -hmm. we're already paying for it. And then they want us to pay on yeah. for it on top of with a cable bill. Yeah. Like, fuck you. You're getting exactly. your taxpayer. We, it should be free. Yeah. We're already paying for it. If you want to inform the nation, make it free. Yeah. Make it not a profit driven incentive to produce news. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm a hundred percent on the, uh, for this one, I'm mm -hmm. on Facebook side. I don't like, I don't like saying yeah. that. <laughs> I, I don't either. Uh, the, the thing that I, I'm not saying that I like that this happened no. per se, but I like one of the side effects of this happening, which is there's a conversation being stirred up around how much we rely on Facebook for our news. Right. And like, I am wholeheartedly in support of people getting less news off Facebook because the news you get on Facebook is tailored yeah. for one purpose is to, is to keep you in the echo chamber. Uh, yeah, that's and so true. There's a little piece of me that's like either, I mean, inevitably a good chunk of it is people are just going to stop caring as much about the news. There's cause yeah. they're not going to go looking for it. Yeah. A good chunk of people are now they're going to be completely uninformed as opposed to misinformed. So right. what's, what's worse being misinformed. At least you have an idea of what's going on, even if you were I slightly guess. wrong, but now you have no idea what's going on. The government's going to push shit that they shouldn't be. And they're already doing that. At the same time, there's part of me that looks at, like if a person comes to me and is completely uninformed, I can at least easily point to them and be like, you're stupid. I don't care what you think. If they come misinformed, from my point of view, if, if I think that I have the right on in this idea, the yeah. science backs it up, whatever, I now have to disentangle the misinformation yeah. to try and to try and reach that person and, yeah. and, and convince them that my idea is right. I don't know if it's easier to convince misinformed versus uninformed, but at least uninformed, I can look at it at a glance and be like, I'm not going to waste my fucking time. Or you're going to be like, I get to be the one to educate them. Maybe. And that's also good. That, can, that, that at least has some opportunity, but at the same time, if you're not seeking it out, you're not getting both sides. We got, we got institutions in America literally doing their best to show both sides of the story. Mm -hmm. And now in Canada, they were like, unless we're getting paid, you're going to see none of it. Yeah. And it's ridiculous. And it sucks. It, it's, it's garbage. 
yeah. I don't agree with it. And I'm glad this podcast is here because maybe we get to inform people that didn't even know that was happening or uh, understand yeah. why it was happening. They were like, Facebook's not paying them? This is Facebook's fault. It's like, no, it's the fucking government's fault. Yeah. They they shouldn't they shouldn't be doing this. Yeah. And I'm I'm pretty okay with Facebook not paying my government for things. Yeah. yeah. The less the less money my government gets from Facebook probably I'll probably be happier. Yeah. That's just less outside influence. Yeah. Because they're always going to have some level of influence. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> just mm. less is better. Less is better, but right. this is not the way to go about it. So I can't, I can't believe how much for, for how we sit on two different sides of the aisle on so many things. We Does comic Oh, you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we, I can't wait to have Devin back on. Oh yeah, he's been so he's been working his bag off. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's that time of, that time of year. Yeah, he's been making that cheddar, mm-hmm. but yeah, is what it is. Anyways, it's been an hour and a bit. Um, anything you got to say to the crowds? You got anything going on? Mm-hmm. You got, how's your show going? Are you still doing it? Once no, in we're a while? No. we're we're on hiatus. We're both too busy for it these yeah, days. We don't have the time to produce it. But yeah, uh, uh, closing thoughts. Um, push outside your bubble. There's lots of cool programs now that are gaining popularity, like uh, what's it called? There's Ground News, which I think is a paid subscription, but it actively shows you both sides of news articles. Like you pick a headline and it's like, cool, this is what this side's saying. This is what this side's saying. Yeah. This is, you know, what the general consensus is on the idea and all these things. There are programs like that. If you want the easy way to get both sides, they yeah. exist now. Yeah. But just push outside the bubble, do something, read something, read something from... If you're a conservative, read something from like Vice News or something that is like super weird left. Yeah. Read it and read it without rolling your eyes if you can. Like yeah. don't go looking for a stupid article. Look for something that is looks more scholastic. Like look for something. There's interesting stuff to be found there. And if you're on the left, go out and watch Fox News. And don't just watch, you know, well, not Tucker Carlson anymore, but whoever, Sean Hannity, yeah. make an idiot of himself. Go look at the comments. Yeah. Go look at what people are saying. See what they say online. Listen to them for a little bit. See yeah. where their head's at. Well, that is the idea of asymmetric insight, right? The yeah. idea that I understand them better than they do. It's like, well, yes. maybe, maybe you don't. Oh, yeah. It, oh, like, assume, assume the person you're talking to might know something you don't. Yes. That's Please, a, yes. That's a Jordan Peterson rule. I just jacked it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're going to talk so much about that when we get into apologetics. I can't wait. Uh, yes. All right. Cool. Well, it's been a slice. So fun. I got some stories to tell you that I couldn't say on here. Yay. <laughs> so uh, you guys be good. God bless uh, from the Blue Collar Philosophers.